2.99. Why are you judging my daughter's diving? I wasn't talking about her. I was finalizing this month's special at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 2.99% interest for 10 years. Wow, 2.99. Dad, visit PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the program. So very glad to have you with us. All right, early Brewers game today, but a lot of ground to cover before that, including one, two, three stories that are, it's like the the least surprising stories of the day. Let's start with Northridge. Now, let's review the bidding here. We've talked about Northridge before. Northridge, which was once, believe it or not, if you lived here and grew up like I did in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, Northridge was a thriving shopping center located on like 76th and Brown Deer Road moving west. Now, over time, things happened. The neighborhood changed. Northridge got a reputation for being unsafe. Uh, Suburban women stopped shopping there. Businesses then closed. And Northridge has been essentially vacant since 2000. Three. It has been a blight. It has continued to deteriorate, as you might expect, over the last 20 years. The company that owns Northridge right now is an outfit called Black Spruce Enterprises. And years and years ago, they came out with this plan that was really, it was a dog and pony show saying, we're going to take this mall and we're going to revitalize it and we're going to turn it into a giant Asian trademark. Well, okay, and they have really, they probably spent a few thousand dollars and they got these really fancy plans that were developed. And then whenever issues arose, they would go on television and they would show people these plans and everybody said, well, that looks pretty cool. Well, well, yeah, but the problem is besides paying for the plans, they never paid for anything else. The, the thing, Northridge has deteriorated greatly. What's happened in addition to that is, is the market when it comes to real estate and shopping has changed dramatically. The day of the giant indoor shopping mall is over and has been over for a long, long time. So there, there's no way that any responsible company would, again, invest in one of these giant in, indoor malls. But on top of that, since this has been allowed to deteriorate, the estimates are that it would take – somewhere north of at least $6 million to renovate Northridge. Now, that was before the last month when you've had four separate fires, including two major fires at Northridge. So I'm just going to take a guess. Even if you wanted to try to turn this back into a functioning indoor mall, you'd probably be looking at 10, 12 plus million dollars. And nobody's going to do that. That's just the reality. So the fire chief who has been on my program and on other programs legitimately He's like, hey, look, this is this is a nightmare. I mean, my firefighters are putting their lives at risk for this thing. The company won a legal victory about uh, seven or eight months ago when it got two members of the Wisconsin Court of Appeals to guppy on an argument they made that was able to stave off the, the wrecking ball. So it, it's continued to deteriorate. So what happened 
earlier this week in the face of those last couple fires is that there was another hearing and the Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge said, look, this is this is the deal. You know, this back in 2019, these owners agreed that they would start making arrangements to secure the property, to upgrade it, things like that. And, And just like they haven't put a dime in it since 2003, they didn't do anything with regard to security or anything like that going back to 2019. So it's gotten worse and worse and worse. So the order that came out Monday was that the owners of the mall have until today, close of business today, to prove that they've got 24-7 security at the site, to board up any open windows or doors, to make arrangements to install fire protection devices like sprinklers or things of the like, and to start cleaning um, broken fences, smashed windows, all those sorts of things. And and I remember saying on Monday when this order came out that that good luck, because just to start doing this would probably involve the expenditure of, at least in my mind, a few hundred thousand dollars. That That's just to get this even started. And I don't know that you could do it in, in a week. But this is a company that's had no interest in doing anything with Northridge over the course of the last two decades. By the way, they're way behind in their property taxes as well. So anyhow, the deadline was today is close of business today to prove that you have done all these different measures to start making it at least safe to sit on as a blight on this land. And I said on Monday that there's just no way that they're going to do anything. Well, okay, today is Friday. It is Friday at 12 o'clock. Close of business is what in five hours. As near as I can tell from all the different reports that are out there, with, with the exception of one truck, one got junk truck, There has been nothing that has happened at all. No movements towards installing 24-7 security. No, like, bringing in cleanup crews. No repairs. Nothing. So nothing has happened at all. That is, I think, number one, the least surprising story of the day, because it was apparent on Monday that a company that has done nothing for 20 years, like they're suddenly going to drop everything and over the course of the week spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to start you know, improving this property that they have no, business, no, no intention of doing anything with moving forward. I mean, what is the end game here? Maybe they're they're hoping that instead of the city tearing it down, they're hoping they can kind of con or force the city into having to to buy this property. I don't know exactly what the end game is, but I know that it is an absolute blight, it is an absolute eyesore, and I know that when the judge issued this order on Monday, giving them till the close of business today to start doing something, it was just purely academic because— Again, nothing at all for in any sense, in any reasonable purpose has happened out on that site over the last five days. So presumably starting tomorrow, the owners are going to be held in contempt and subject to a fine of $2,000 a day, which is all well and good, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the fact that the decrepit building is still there. Least surprising story of the day, number one, a week has now passed it appears that nothing has been done to upgrade upgrade Northridge to make it safer, to uh, indicate that you're going to prevent it from being broken into. Nothing has been done. Is anybody surprised? Hope not. Jeff, go to YouTube, search Northridge Mall, Milwaukee, and watch one of the many videos about what it looks like inside of the structure. Oh, yeah, that that's it. There's... 
There's drone videos that have been taken. There's videos of inside the thing. And, and really, it kind of breaks your heart if, if like me, you, you remember what Northridge used to be like. It, it is just it's been decimated. There's been no upkeep for the building in 20 years. There have been vandals that routinely break into it. They've stolen copper piping. They steal anything that's left there. It has been allowed to deteriorate. There have been four fires in the last three or four weeks. And so you've got this structure that just, I mean, it, it looks like it looks like something you'd see in a zombie movie, you know, after the zombie apocalypse, which is why it's been ridiculous to allow this outfit, this Black Spruce Enterprises, to stall and stall and stall because it's apparent after 20 years they've had no intention of ever doing anything with it. Now, maybe they had good intentions when they first bought it, but, but it has changed, and now you're at a point where nobody in their right mind would take a building that's worth six or $700,000 and, and put $12 million into, you know, trying to restore it, if you could even do it for $12 million. So when the judge issues this order this week saying, well, you have until Friday to start, you know, clearing it out and maintaining it and putting 24-7 security and boarding up these things, you knew it was never going to happen at all. Jeff, why can't the city figure out a way to take ownership of the property based on the non-payment of property taxes um, and probably the non-payment of daily penalties that are going to be assessed starting tomorrow? Yeah, that, that's a very good, that's a very, very good point. There's another hearing, and look, I, I'm not really faulting the city on this because the city has been very, very aggressive. Part of the problem is you have two court of appeal judges who bought this just, I think, ridiculous argument that the attorneys for this company made saying, well, when you're trying to decide whether you should tear it down, you shouldn't look at the value of what it would be if you restored it to what it was. Instead, look at what it what it is now. Well, what it is now is a blighted, empty building. And I, my guess is if you tried to do this with any other property in the city of Milwaukee, you, you would not have gotten any sort of, of help. So it's the start of a process, but it is a process which is long, long overdue. Okay, so that's the least surprising story. Number one, Northridge, nothing has essentially happened over the course of the last week. Least surprising story number two, the the Wisconsin Center which decided that they were going to double their convention space. Now, the decision to to double the conven- the space at the convention center was made a couple years ago at a time when well big conventions are are still on the way out and, and there's no real indication that that they're coming back anytime soon. Now I understand you still have some trade conventions that are out there that go to some of the big cities, but as a general rule because of number 1 the pandemic COVID, but also number 2 the way business is changed in operation. The the days of the here we're going to have everybody from all over the country fly in for these trade conventions, they're they're gone. And I think you can make a strong argument that they're not coming back or they're not coming back anytime soon. So in the face of these significant headwinds, people in the city of Milwaukee decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and we're going to we're going to take $420 million that we don't have, and what we're going to do is we're going to double the size of the convention center. Oh, okay, well, I, I think that was pie-in-the-sky thinking to begin with, but but that's what they, they did. It. They said, well, we're hopeful that we will pay this off over 40 years by increasing um, taxes on hotels and restaurants and car rental taxes. So that, that's our plan. All right, $420 million, which I thought was a ridiculously large amount. But here's, here's the least surprising story of the day, number two. 
guess what? They're, they're not they're, – they're, they're years away from completing this, and they're already acknowledging that that $420 million isn't going to be close to enough. The project, as of today, is apparently facing a $36 million shortfall because, well, inflation – in that apparently they didn't consider the possibility of inflation when they were making the estimates, supply chain issues, which have delayed some of the buildings. So um, the district board voted today that they're going to have to borrow another $20 million to cover the higher costs of some steel, concrete, and other construction materials. So the the cost has now gone up to $456 million, and they're going to be borrowing an extra 20, and they're going to be hoping to fill that, that extra gap, the difference between the $20 million they're borrowing and the $36 million in increased costs. They're hoping to fill that with um, more money that the restaurant company that's going to operate food and beverage can Sessions is willing to pay some money from a reserve account. In other words, they're, they're kind of moving money around to try to do this. But the bottom line is, least surprising story of the day, number two, the fact that this convention center, it, it's still two years away from being completed, and already it's $36 million over budget. If it's over budget now, what do you want to bet that we're going to be seeing similar stories over the course of the next several months saying, oh, you know that that, four, that $456 million now that we thought it was? Well, never mind. That, it's, we can't do it for that. So we're going to have to borrow another 20 or 40 or 60 or 80 or $100 million. Who knows where this all ends? Least surprising story of the day number two. Least surprising story of the day number three. And I confess this is the one we've talked about it before, and it makes my head just want to explode. Memo to politicians. Hope is not a plan. You know, when you you always, when it comes to, for example, investments, and I've used this example before, you, you hope your investment works out well. You know, if you take $10,000 and you put it in a startup company, you know, somebody comes to you, hey, I've got this really good idea. Give me ten, $10,000 and you invest it. You hope it's going to take off. But if the idea doesn't work or the project doesn't work or whatever, and the person that convinced you comes to you and says, well, you know, this $10,000, it's all it's all pretty much gone. You know, it's I, I, we're only down to, we only got a few hundred dollars left, and it looks like, you know, we're, we're going to go out of business in the next week. But things could turn around. Well, you could hope that that's going to happen, but hope is, is not a plan. In Milwaukee, several years ago, well, back when I first moved here, my parents first moved here, 23rd and North Avenue, that was the site of a giant Sears store. It was a Sears North Avenue store, and it was the main store for all the different satellite Sears stores all around the, the area. And if you couldn't find something at the Bayshore Sears store, you went to the North Avenue store. It, it was just huge. Well, okay, that closed. 23rd and North, and I, I, I take no pleasure in saying this, but it's not a great neighborhood. All right, it, it's just not. It is an economically depressed area. It's a high crime area. So a couple years ago, you had this very connected political, de- very well connected developer who said, "I want to build a high end hotel on Twenty Third and North." 
and we're going to charge $200 a night for the rooms, and we're going to have, it's going to be 180 nights a a year. We're going to have all these high-end banquets and stuff like that. And pretty much everybody, including even members of Tom Barrett's, you know, administration, said that this makes no sense. I mean, we we appreciate that what you want to do is you want to bring economic development into this area of North Avenue, and that would be great. But but this uh, this is not a spot where a high-end hotel is going to work. You're going to stay at the Fister, or you're going to stay at 23rd North. I mean, come on. This is just the reality. Everybody knew it, but because they hoped it would work, the Common Council went ahead. They they said, we're going to loan the developer $4 bucks, And then once he goes out and gets other financing, then we're going to loan him another, I think it was like $5 million on, on top of that. Well, they loaned the $4 million. That's pretty much all gone. There's been no significant interest in public in other financing at all because everybody realizes that this it's just it's not feasible it is not going to work so this loan was supposed to start being paid back a year ago developer has no money developers not going to pay this back they've had no other financing sources so a year ago the city said okay well we want to give you some more time to try to see if this can work out so they put off the loan payments for a year giving them another year to find financing that year has come and will go on September 1st. So now, the least surprising story of number three, um, the, the city is apparently making making plans to continue this loan for another year without requiring any payments on it at all because they're hoping the guy is going to turn it around. Well, the truth is it was a bad loan to begin with, and all you're doing, just like Northridge, by not doing anything with 20, 20 years, you, you've guaranteed that this is a problem. By not requiring the developer to start paying back this loan and just simply kicking the cat down the road another year, you've just done nothing but delay the problem for another year Bottom line is, you can give these people 10 years. You're not going to be able to build a high-end hotel like designed in that particular area with private money because no private investors are going to put the money in. So just start the foreclosure process right now. Have the city do it and move to plan B, but plan A is just not working. So they need another year to start making payments, and the city's apparently thinking about giving them another year. Your tax dollars at work. Brewers game coming up in just a couple minutes. Brewers sent Aaron Ashby, the left-hander who they view as one of the cornerstones of the future, just signed him to a long deal. Um, this year, kind of getting his feet wet, I would say, in the major leagues. He's 2-10, and ten, pitching against Keegan Thompson, who's 9-5, and five, probably the best pitcher the Cubs have this year. So you'll be able to hear the game, and hopefully the Brewers will be able to start, continue like a winning streak, because if they're going to make the playoffs, it seems to me that they really need to get hot, and they need to start running off these series where they, they win 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 games. Um, can they do it? Don't know. The coaches, the athletes, the volunteers, and, of course, the joy that comes with it all. That's what you get with Special Olympics Wisconsin. Join Vince Vitrano as he leads our next WTMJ Cares effort. On August 22nd, you can bid on items that benefit Special Olympics Wisconsin. Just text the word CARES to the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line to get a link to the great items that will be available. WTMJ CARES is sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Vince will be joining us on um, on Monday. Monday is our, 
our annual WTMJ golf outing. I don't get to play because I have to work, but we're going to be coming to you all day from Lock LaBelle Country Club, and um, I'll, my show will be originating there from noon until 3, and we'll have some special programming in addition, but we'll also make sure we get Vince on to kind of highlight this this wonderful event, and I again, Special Olympics is just a great, great cause, and we hope that you can participate. Interesting things. Now, a couple weeks ago, I, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, had this press conference, and he said, "We want to be transparent, and and we want I, I want people to see, you know, what was the thought process and and why why we did this search warrant of the former president's residence." And I, I, I at the time I called BS on what he was saying because as I tried to explain. There's a search warrant document. The search warrant is a cover sheet, and it has an affidavit. The cover sheet just says, well, you know, we found probable cause to believe that there's this there. And then it's the affidavit itself. That's the statement of probable cause that justifies why you felt that there was probable cause to believe documents were there, what the urgency was of doing it. That's all contained in the affidavit. And I noted at the time that I think Merrick Garland just he, he said, OK, we're going to be transparent. We're going to release this stuff. But he didn't make any distinction between the search warrant affidavit and the search warrant. Well, it turns out that was an intentional effort um, because he never had any intention of releasing the search warrant affidavit. Now, look, I've been pretty consistent in my position on this, and I'm, I'm a guy who from a conservative perspective, nevertheless, wants Donald Trump to go away. Not necessarily go away from prison, but the, the, the quicker he backs away from public life, I think the better it's going to be for the body politic. But having said that, to execute a search warrant at the residence of a former president is an extraordinary step, made more extraordinary by the fact that there's apparently no secret that Trump has had these documents. So if if he's had the documents for 18 months, why is it that suddenly two weeks ago you, you have to that's when you go out and figuratively boot in the doors? Now, there, there might be a justification for it. There, there may be. But at the same time, we don't know that until. We, we see the supporting documents. And I think it was very clear that the Justice Department implied that they were going to release all that when they never intended to, to do it. So now news organizations are coming forward and saying, OK, well, you said you want to be transparent. There's this huge public interest. Show us what's in there. And the Justice Department is pushing back with like this, this boilerplate stuff. Um, well, you know, if, if we were to show you this, it would if we were to release this, it would disclose investigative techniques and it might compromise the investigation. That's silly. Now, sometimes that that has value, because if you're investigating, for example, a, a drug ring or something like that, you, you want to keep them in the dark about where the information is until you're ready to return an indictment. So but that's that's these boilerplate arguments that you would make if you're investigating a drug dealers or or things. It it. it really I don't think applies too much to a former president of the United States. Nevertheless, the Justice Department is fighting this, I think in large part because they don't want necessarily that transparency to be out there because once you see the search warrant affidavit, you're going to be in a position to just to decide, you know, did they really need to do what they did when they did it? And I can't make any evaluations till I see that. The judge 
has said, well, look, I'm not convinced that there's not large parts of this affidavit that should not be made public. So he's given the Justice Department a limited amount of time to try to suggest what information should be redacted. That is concealed. At some point in time, these are going to become public, and there is going to be an evaluation. And it seemed to me that this is the type of thing that the Justice Department should have been figuring out a long time ago. My point is, just release this, let people judge the merits of it, and then and then move on one, one way or the other. All right, I am just about out of time. There's going to be a number of new postings on my Twitter account over the course of the next over the weekend. So check that out. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. Couple stories that are just breaking today that I want to offer my thoughts on. I am back Monday 12 noon when we do this all again from the Lac La Belle Country Club at our TMJ golf outing. Brewers baseball is coming up next. Have a great weekend. This is Jeff Wagner WTMJ.